I want to quote, read a quote from uh, John Wesley. He said this, and I think it's an, uh, something good to start our sermon with this morning. He said, it seems God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless somebody asks him. Great man of God, he wrote that. And so uh, I think it's a great statement. I think it's amazing what was in him in terms of prayer and understanding the, the effects of prayer. For instance, the Bible says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest to bring laborers into the field of harvest, and he would bring those laborers. In other words, they don't just come because we have a hope for them to come. They come because we prayed and believed him for them. The laborers at Family Worship Center, we're just praying for, God will send them when we pray for them. We pray them in. It seems that God will do nothing for man unless he asks him. I, uh, I've, I grew up in a praying home. My mother was an extremely uh, aggressive prayer. She prayed a lot. Uh, and uh, then I moved on from that. And, we, you know, my dad wasn't so much the prayer. He was a word guy. I wish that he had prayed more. I would have liked to have seen that. But then when I got to Family Worship Center in Lakeland, my pastor just, is, just was an extreme prayer. And I watched how God funded his life and funded his ministry through his prayer life. And if we're going to talk about devotion, we have to talk about a prayer life. That, that prayer life makes a difference in us. And that the more we pray, the more we'll see. I mean, it sounds silly, but the more we pray, the more we'll see. There's a ratio between prayer and, and what we can see in our lives as a matter of fact, our closeness to God is oftentimes reflective of our level of prayer, our prayer life. I mean, I understand God wants us to pray. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to pray. I remember one time I was just uh, maybe 17 years old, and I remember just I, I was, uh, at, I was uh, working at Captain D's as a fish fryer. I, fr I fried fish, and uh, they had me in the back they, instead washing dishes. And so I go into the back of the room, and I'm back there washing dishes. I start worshiping God and start praising God. The next thing you know, God comes on me in the back of Captain D's. Now, I didn't stop washing dishes. I mean, you don't have to stop doing your job if you're praying or seeking God or whatever it is. Amen. We do a job. You're getting paid to work. They're paying for your hour. Say amen. You're not giving that away. You're selling it. Say amen. But I'm back there. I'm washing dishes, and God comes on me. I am weeping in the back. Tears flowing out of my eyes. I'm back there just seeking God in the middle of this Captain D's. God came on me. Uh, if you've never had God just kind of come on, because the Bible says he'll come upon you. You know, because he's in us. We know that. But there are times, and it says another way. It says this way, when refreshings come from the presence of the Lord. The Lord wants us to have his presence. You can't have presence without relationship. Look at somebody and say, you can't have presence without relationship. Prayer is relationship. It's what brings us into relationship. And, it, and we get spoken to. Prayer is not a one-way conversation from you to God. It's two-way. God speaks to us. We speak to him. He speaks to us. Aren't you glad to know God still speaks? Somebody say, thank God he speaks. And so from this, this idea, I'm back there praying, worshiping God. Guys from the front would walk back there. They're all like, what's wrong with you, man? What happened to you? Because I'm like weeping, tears, snot running out my nose. And I would say, I got touched by God. I'm doing nobody at Captain D's even knew what I was talking about. 
But I did. I had the presence of God come back there. It was a life-changing moment. Now, I'm telling you about this at 55. Because at 17, God showed up in the middle of a Captain D's. It was a moment. God wants to have moments with us. He wants to have times with us. God's not just an expression at a distance. He's not so far away that we can't feel him. He said, if you'll draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. On that day, I began to seek him, and he came and visited me. The Bible says that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. When we're talking about devotion, we're talking about relationship. We're talking about I love him. I do what I do because I love him. How many of you love Jesus? I mean, I mean really, I mean, I just raise your hands. If there's somebody who doesn't, I'm going to pray for you. We'll have an altar call in a minute. You need to be up here. Amen. How many of you love Jesus? Now, having said that, and those of you that raised your hands, how many of you in your life and your lifestyle, the way you walk, look like what you just said? I'm not, this isn't a grief moment. This is a moment to compel you to make decisions about living like Jesus, talking like Jesus. It doesn't come if you spend no time with him. What I found when I spend time with him, things in my life that don't fit him start showing up. I start realizing the things I need to change. Now, I might be rebelling and I might not necessarily move immediately, but I can tell you when you pray, it shows up. If you'll, if you'll obey him, God has more for you. I know you think you reached the pinnacle because the goodness of God leads men to repentance. But God has so much more in store, so much more on the horizon, so much in front of you that if you'll just obey him and begin to make those changes, you'll find out those things will be poured into your life. Somebody ought to say amen. Listen to this. This is Thessalonians, and this is verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 17. It says, pray without ceasing. That's, that is the church. Say, I'm the church. This is the church building, and he does come to unify the church together in locations that benefit us. And so we're a local church. Thank God for that, and his hands on this local church. But he doesn't anoint churches. He anoints people. This building is not anointed. Now, we honor it. We ought to walk in honor towards it. But the truth is, when you walk in, he said it this way, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I. It didn't say where we put up the walls and had family worship center outside. It said when we come, two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. He's in the middle of what we're doing when we're worshiping him. And so he wants relationship with us. And since you're the church, this isn't just talking to the church unified or the church local. It's talking to the person. You're the church. And this is what he said to you, the church. Pray without ceasing. Look at your name and say, you're supposed to pray without stopping. That doesn't mean go get in a closet. It doesn't mean go get alone. It means that your lifestyle is full of prayer. You know, I, I drive to Sumter every morning on Sunday morning, and then I drive back. It's about, what, uh, 40 minutes, about 40, 42 minutes, something like that. 
And I get to spend that 42 minutes on the way and the 42 minutes back, mostly in prayer and acknowledging God, listening to worship music and getting in his presence. And I want you to know it makes a difference getting in his presence. For the last couple of weeks, I found myself just getting in his presence, just being alone with him, spending time with him, throwing off some of the weights and the sins that easily beset us and just getting closer to him. And you know, God's been waking me up in the evenings about 4 a.m. You know, I don't like getting up at 4 a.m. in normal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who likes to get up at 4 a.m.? Anybody get up at 4 a.m.? Anybody doing that? Who's getting up at 4 I'm praying for you, man. I want you to know something. For me, it's a miracle. Somebody say amen. I mean, it's a miracle. But God has been waking me up about 4 o'clock in the morning. I've had visions. I've had dreams. Times with the Lord in his presence. God wants to spend time with us. He wants you to allow your life or to bend your life to have him in it. You were created for the purpose of fellowship with God. That's why God made you. He made you for fellowship. And it is God's desire that you would seek him first and his righteousness. Somebody say, I'll seek God first. Come on, look at your name and say, you need to seek God first. Now, why do I seek God first? He said, and all these things will be added to you. See, we're not seeking things. You and I are not looking for things. If we'll look for Jesus, he brings the things. Somebody say, God wants to bring things into my life. Come on, he wants to bless you. He wants to pour on you. He wants to fill you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to make you uh, the top and not the bottom, above and not be over and not under. Somebody say, I'm going over. I'm going over. Amen. I believe that. And this is how we do it. We seek first the kingdom of God. Put him at the top of the list. He's not the bottom of the list. He's not in the middle of the list. You know, one of the hardest things you deal with is Christians who live halfway in, halfway out. Now, I'm not, this is because the worst part the church has ever done is condemn people to hell because of it. The truth is, 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 is that you could get yourself, if you willfully, habitually commit sin, willfully, habitually commit sin, you've put under the grace of God. You've put it under. But people make mistakes and things like that. And some of us have not, have not disciplined ourselves enough to put God in his proper location in our life. We haven't decided that he means more than the car, more than the house, more than some of the things that we do in our lives. And he said, if you'll seek me first... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Let me tell you how to get this to happen. You ready? You got to pray. You got to pray. It's a simple, you know, there's a real simple formula being saved. You know what it is? If you read your Bible and pray every day, you will grow, grow, grow. That's pretty simple, isn't it? I don't need to be, uh, you know, a, a great theologian this morning. I'm dealing with our devotion to God and being close to him. Listen to another scripture. This is 1 Timothy 2.8. It says it this way. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubt. Men pray everywhere. Ephesians 6.18 says it this way. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 
Now I want you to take your Bible and I want you to go with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Turn over to James chapter 5. I got like four and a half minutes. I might go more. How many of you will give me five minutes? Raise your hand, five minutes. That's five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Are you there? James chapter 5. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Look at the value of prayer. Is any merry? Let him sing a song. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. This part of the scripture is talking about having ought against people. Ought. We're not to have unforgiveness. Look at somebody and say, I forgive you. Even if I'm not mad at you. And he goes on to say, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayers of righteous men and women avail much. Listen to another translation, reads this way. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I want to read a concordance to you. Listen to this concordance. It says, confess your faults one to another, admit your sins, and pray for one another that you be healed. Pray for one another that you be healed and may be saved. The effectual fervent prayers of righteous men avail much. You ready? The energetic supplications, the earnest supplications, by praying vigorously, fervent supplication, the operative petition of the just, the unceasing prayer of a just man... The earnest prayer of a good man can do much. From the heart of a man, right with God has much power. The inward prayer of a righteous man exceedingly prevails. Uh, Very powerfully productive is the prayer of a righteous man. The power of his sincere prayer is tremendous. When a person is right with God, he is mighty in his prayer and working. And lastly, he has great effect. And is very powerful in the effectiveness when he prays. Now that's a commentary from various language translations to help us understand the value of prayer in our life. You know, I'm talking to you today and the average person, surveys say, prays less than five minutes every day. That might shock you in this room, but I don't want to do the survey because that might be you. But the average person prays, but yet God said to pray ceasingly. It is an attitude and a heart towards God that we're asking him, we're seeking him. We're, we're, we're calling on him. We're trying to hear what he has to say. We're trying to tune our spirit up with God so that we can understand what he's speaking to us. I remember one night I was struggling trying to get our first building here in Florence. And I, I called a friend of mine, and we prayed over the phone. I still remember it. He was, you know, I was telling him all this. You know how you, you know, at this time I was a little different back then. I didn't know as much as I know now. But I'd actually complained a little. Well, I don't understand. I can't find it, blah, blah, blah. And he stopped me and said, come on, man. We are going to pray right now that God releases a building to you. And we prayed together and agreed together. And this fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man and women came into effect. And the problem that I had was changed later that night when I drove, or the next day I drove to my parents, came back from my parents about 1 o'clock in the morning, and the first building of Family Worship Center, I saw a truck backed up to it at 1 o'clock in the morning doing a midnight move. I called the real estate people the very day that I saw that that night, and they said, how did you know that building was available? I can tell you, because the fervent, 
effectual prayers of righteous men and women make much power available, dynamic in its working. Family Worship Center is here. Our first building was arrived at because we prayed. Some of you are just trying to do it on your own. Why? Why would you do it on your own? Why are you just trying to get the help of the natural world to make things change for you? Listen, God said he can do exceedingly, abundantly. I want you to say that with me. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or even think. So what are, what are some thoughts on prayer? Prayer is not just a converse, conversation. It is creation. It's a mechanism for creation. You pray out these things and it creates. Prayer is a mystery of the scripture. Prayer is a power generator. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is a precursor to increase. Prayer is the perseverance of increase. My vision comes from prayer. Prayer is access. Prayer focuses us. And prayer places us at moments of encounter. Folks, we need to pray. We have a covenant keeping God and he keeps his word and we pray and he answers our prayer. For us to have a deep relationship with God, it requires us to pray. Somebody say, I need to pray. pray. Secondly, I want to just add this in there just for the thoughts. We have to pray with our heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says it this way, but the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I refused him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees, for man looks on the outward appearances, but the Lord looks on the heart. How many know God's looking deeper? God sees deeper. Your spirit has to be engaged when you pray. Your spirit has to be engaged when you pray. And that's why it's so crucial that we pray, not just out of our head, but out of our heart. See, when you pray out of your heart, that's the fervency of it. That I have fervent prayer. The heart in the Bible is oftentimes used to express how a man prays to God, or the spirit of man, or the middle of a man. And we'll find God when we seek him with all of our heart. This is the difference between being an emotional Christian and being somebody who's following him in the spirit. Listen to this. Jeremiah 29, 13 says it this way. And you shall seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. I was a musician. I did music uh, at a church of three or 4,000. Played the piano, worshiped, sang, did all that stuff. Played for, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not as good as you are. Oh, no. Nah, not even close. There is, a, there is a connection that happens in music. If you'll find out, a lot, of the, a lot of men that end up in ministry come out of music. Because when you play, it's, it comes from somewhere that's not out of the head. Now, it can be out of the head. That's talent. And it's okay. Talent is good. But even in the world, when you look at musicians in the world, a lot of them come out of church. Go watch uh, American Idol. About 90% of them on the show came out of the church. You, You know what I'm saying? Because something's birthed there that you can't put your hands on. 
But it can still, it can still, what happens is because you can tap over when needed, when called on, it can still be, it can be spiritual at one moment, but you can be very natural. Now, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, where you're doing things and you're just, you're not where you ought to be, but you're doing this stuff. And I know this because I'm talking about me now, okay? I can remember how God used me and I wasn't of a value to be used, but because I was over there touching it, I had a sense of the spirit. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? How many of you understand the devil was, was the musician of heaven? Music today that comes from the world comes out of that spirit. Now, y'all ain't getting where I'm coming from. But that doesn't mean, so I'm trying to say that there's a sense of spirituality, but there can also be a, a, a level of you that hasn't reached over to where you need to reach over to. It was when I reached over that thing changed from talent to spirit. Does anybody understand what I'm trying to say to you? you? You have to think about this in your life because many of you, if you're a carpenter or you're a plumber or you're an electrician or whatever it is, do you know God's actually helping you on your job? Some of you haven't been electrocuted when you should have been. Nobody's shouting. Listen, I can tell you the truth. When we were, when we were building buildings, at times we were the electrician and it would be blue. All of a sudden this would be a huge blue boosh in the room. People should have not survived. Somebody say, thank God for Family Worship Center, and God loves this place. Amen? Because I'm telling you, that was foolishness on our part. But I know that God was there. Do you understand what I'm trying to say, that God is there? But, but God wants you to just get out of just doing things on the natural. That's why he can say it this way. Do everything as unto the Lord. Don't stay in that natural state. Don't stay over there. Don't just stay natural. Serve God. Love God. Seek first the kingdom of God. This is what devotion's about is saying, God, I'm ready for you to direct my path. I'm ready for you to do it. How many of you want God to direct your path? Raise your hand. Really direct your path. He will. Seek first. He will direct your path. Proverbs chapter 3, what a great scripture it is that he said he will, if we'll not lean unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we will acknowledge him. He will direct our path. Does anybody understand what I'm trying to say to you? This is what devotion is about. It's about you having private time in your car with God and saying, God, I might not be where I should be, but God, I want to be where you want me to be. God, will you take me where you want me to be? Will you bring me higher? Will you use me in a way you've never used me before? He says it this way. If you'll seek me, you'll find me. If you'll search for me with all of your heart. Somebody say, I'm going to search him with all of my heart.